Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michael Jans, uh, co-founder of Agency Revolution and principal of Michael Jans Advisory. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, which is presented by Agency Revolution. Creators of Fuse, the insurance marketing software that will skyrocket retention, boost policy per customer and make your clients love your agency. Without you having to hire more staff, programmers or technologists, if you haven't done it lately, visit agencyrevolution.com. Get yourself a demo. I think you'll be, um, well, I think you will see quickly why that is the leading marketing automation platform in the insurance industry. Now, let's talk about today's podcast. Mark McLaughlin is my guest. Um, He is the general manager of insurance for IBM Tech. Um, Obviously, from his position, Um, advising and guiding the largest insurance carriers on the planet is a very keen perspective on what's happening in the agency channel. Um, You'll also discover he has a very keen understanding of what's happening at the broker level, at the street level, where the uh, the industry touches the marketplace. So uh, before we come in, uh, I invite you into the uh, conversation itself. Just a couple of things. One, um, I want your feedback on something. So I'm asking a favor of you. I really want this to be a conversation. This podcast is yours. Otherwise, I'm just a guy sitting in the desert talking to himself. So um, I'm going to ask you, you, you'll know if you're, a, if you're a longtime listener, you know that, yes, Michael's been in the industry a long time. Um, I've got a really good Rolodex. I, ha- I can get access to the CEO of pretty much any company in this industry or the, the, the savviest minds who have a really a keen understanding. And I can gain access to advisory firms that don't talk to agents, but through me, they do. Um, and I do tend to have, I have a passion for strategy. I've been teaching tactics for 25, 30 years, but I know that they're, they're empty without strategy. And so I really do try to call your attention to the trends and forces that are affecting the industry so that you can um, have a, a, a viable future. I tend not to talk about how you can increase your Facebook likes by next Tuesday. However, I'd like to hear from you. Who do you want me to interview? What would you like the topic of this podcast series to be about? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Um, This is not about hurting my feelings. You can say whatever you want to. (laughs) I really want you to share with me what's important to you. And um, I will, um, I'm going to take that under serious advisement. And here's my promise. You write me, I'll write you. You tell me anything that's on your mind. It can be, again, a nominee for a podcast or a content for a podcast. Write me, Michael at MichaelJans.com. That should be pretty easy to remember. And here's my promise. You write me, I'll write you back. Say anything you want. Give me a testimonial and I'll, of course, say thank you. And I actually will. Um, And I'll mean it. So uh, also, if um, this has been valuable for you, if you could give me a five-star review on uh, your favorite platform, super duper groovy there. 
Um, and I always want to give a freebie to my listeners. This time, I've talked about it before, so I think it's probably the last time I'm going to take it off the books. You know, I interviewed um, an agent, which maybe I should do more of. You tell me. Mark uh, Peterson uh, was a former mastermind member of mine, uh, attended my content marketing workshop, since then grew 30% per year for four years in his niche. Um, I summarized, synthesized, and boiled it down to into a one page cheat sheet and you can get it for free. No questions asked. Um, 13 marketing tips.com. Go there. Remember that. How many tips are on that cheat sheet? 13, 13. And it's one, three. You don't have to spell it. 13 marketing tips.com five-star review. Email me at Michael at michaeljans.com about anything podcast related or whatever's on your mind. I'll get back to you. I promise. I'm gonna not going to be fussy about that. I will be uh, on vacation for a week. Uh, finally, seeing my grandchildren in Canada. So you can imagine a one-year-old is now a four-year-old. So grateful to be able to travel. So now without further ado, uh, it's a great privilege for me to introduce you to this conversation with my friend, Mark McLaughlin. Mark McLaughlin, thanks so much for coming back as an encore guest. How are you? Doing doing well, Michael. Thank you. All right. So, hey, you have you have a big job in this industry. You're the insurance lead at IBM. Um, so, before we dive into some um, of your well, the insights and observations and the things that you're doing in this space, I I, I think it's let's talk a little bit about IBM. I I don't see you as sort of the traditional advisory. Uh, like some of my guests, uh, IBM really is a um, kind of a solution provider. So uh, tell me what, right? Um, what what is the role that IBM is playing in the insurance industry now? Well, and 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 that's a great question because you know I think a lot of people you know depending on when they came across IBM, they think about IBM mainframes. They they might think about ThinkPads, right? We sold that division a long time ago. ThinkPads, they, okay. They might, they I, I stopped know, thinking about ThinkPads. You know, they might know we have consultancy. Um, they might right. know we do software and AI. They might have seen Watson, you know, win at Jeopardy. Uh, you know, they know a little bit, but it's 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 a big sprawling sort of organization mm-hmm. um, that can do uh, you know does a little bit of advisory, but really more the roll your sleeves up and implementation sort of sort of consultancy. Yeah, you guys are sort of uh, get your hands dirty, uh, you know, uh, right? Really, absolutely. Willing to, yeah. yeah. No, we can you know, and 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 we've got you know very strong uh, software chops. We you know have a, a secure and regulated cloud. We have. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of data and AI tools and, and, and technologies. Um, we uh, are owners um, of Red Hat that is run as an independent subsidiary. So we actually, you know, prop up one of the great um, standards and, and orchestrators, you know, that, that works across the technology space. All of that comes together. What we do is we catalyze complex solutions for our uh, our, our primarily business clients, and mm-hmm. you know, in the insurance space, that tends to be the large carriers, both uh, life and pensions and uh, uh, non-life uh, personal and commercial lines. We work with the reinsurers. We work a little bit with the brokers. We work through those companies with the agency space, but there are agency software providers that, you know, service the agency space specifically, right? right? But we figure out how to tie all that together 
to build out new risk experiences for clients. That's that's how IBM would, would play in sort of the insurance world. Got it. All right. Um, so, Mark, you know that the focus of my most of these conversations, not all, right? I, I like to bring in a tactical, practical guy from time to time, but the focus really tends to be on what are the what are the trends and forces that are shaping and reshaping the industry, and how do we um, how do we prepare for that now? And I'm not generally not uh, as concerned about 20 years from now, but I'm very concerned about two to three years from now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and uh, my premise is that uh, the leaders of the industry and the, you know those who own insurtechs, those who own um, uh, agencies, you know those sort of operating in the in the independent agency space, that they're uh, that those trends and forces are very real and they are changing the industry and 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 certain actions probably should be taken now rather than wait until it's too late. So in that context, um, I obviously wanted to get your perspective on that. I'd like to start by reading some of your content and asking you to reflect on this, okay? Sure. Off of your site. In our latest, this is, uh, these are IBM words, in our latest C-suite survey, C-suite survey, of more than 12,000 global business leaders, insurance executives identified Changing market forces as the top driver affecting their enterprise. Regulation, which has previously been used as an excuse for the industry's slow pace of change and lack of innovation, was not even among the top three. So comment, if you would. Well, and that's an, that's an interesting point. Um, and, and I think there's a, a couple of reasons behind that. First off, the industry is under a, a, immense pressure to change. Because, you know, as an insurance industry, we tend to interact with our risk managers, with our end insureds on a less frequent basis than a lot of other companies out there that are, you know, you know, that you probably work with every day, right? Think about it uh-huh. in a personal lines context. You, you pay a premium once or twice a year. You know, if you file a claim, you might, you might talk to the insurance company a few times. You might call your agent up with a question once in a while. Um, Meanwhile, you're checking Facebook 80 times a day. You're buying from Amazon, you know, 10 or 20 times a month. You're transacting with your bank, you know, multiple times a month. And so there's a lot of other industries that have position that are closer to the customer. And if you look at a lot of the insurtech models, um, you know, insurtechs kind of fall into two categories. So once you get all the press are sort of the lemonades of the world, right? That are yeah, okay. the insurance companies. And, you know, they're building interaction models where, you know, you, you pick up your phone and you, you interact with them very frequently. And, and you know, they've, they've got a much more natural sort of seeming connection. Um, you know, the other insurer techs are really more trying to build a better, better mousetrap within the industry. They're the majority of the insurer techs. And they're basically trying to help insurers, you know, replicate maybe some portion of that. Uh-huh. Experience. But, right. um, you know, the, the pressure on the industry is, can I get closer to my customer? Can I become a risk partner? Can I truly interact with them on a more frequent basis on risk? Because then I've got a position and a relationship that I can defend from, you know, the the new market entrance in the world, whether that be the Googles or the the Amazons or the Facebooks, you know, they're they're sooner or later going to take advantage of that position to move into financial services. Some are moving pretty quickly on that. Uh-huh. And, you know, but the, the moat insurers can establish is we're trusted. We have relationships, particularly through the, the, the agency and the broker channels. And can we leverage those things to build a better risk experience for the customer? Because we know a lot about risk. We, we understand the space really well. We can advise 
our end customers very well on risk if we kind of bring everything together to do that. But, but that's much easier said than done. At the very core, I think what you're saying is, can we get closer to the customer? So Absolutely. And, 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 and help them solve the risk problem, not just sell them a policy. And you mentioned regulatory oh. as, as kind of the start, right? The one thing to, to keep in mind on the regulatory front, I think they, they were once sort of, um, you know, kind of gatekeepers or, or change speed limiters on, on the industry. Mm-hmm. I think that's changing very rapidly. Um, you know, if you go to, you know, the, 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 the conference arguably that has the biggest, you know, amount of sort of energy and, and, interest level these days in our industry is now in SureTech Connect. And, you know, they've got <laughs> yeah, that's you know, thousands well, of know. people coming in and lots of insurers throwing big parties trying to attract InsureTech interest and, and build partnerships. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really dynamic sort of environment. And the reason for that is because the regulators have sort of said, hey, we have to figure out how to let the industry adapt while being responsible in socially and politically with our customers, while making sure that you know we aren't doing things that are discriminatory or biased, but also allowing for some of that innovation to take place. Because the regulators compete too. They compete with other jurisdictions. They're looking for jobs. They're looking to, you know, be out front and sort of, you know, moving the industry forward. And and that environment's changed a ton over the last 10 years, right? They're they're now setting up sandboxes. They're allowing experimentation. Yeah. And, and some of that experimentation creates new sources of competition. So so it's an you know, it's a really interesting space. <laughs> you know, it, we'll we'll it, talk about security at some point. So that's that, that's kind oh, of really Okay. Exciting. So l- let me see if I'm painting this picture right. Um, uh, other industries have a, a natural proclivity to uh, customer intimacy and a high level of um, uh, a high level of frequency of contact, right? So they're in touch. And, and they also have um, a remarkable amount of gran- uh, granular data, right? So, they know, so in other yes. words, they know a lot and they're close, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think to some extent you're saying the insurance industry is looking at that, uh, recognizing the potential threat of that and wants to move in that direction to closer proximity to the customer. There, there's drive. And the insure techs, and their, who knows this year, fifteen to twenty billion dollars of, of investments are are also looking at that, looking for opportunities. In fact, uh, I'll, I'm going to uh, read this to you from your own language. Insurtechs are taking advantage of inefficiencies within traditional insurance using innovative technolo- uh, technological solutions to cherry pick lucrative parts of the value chain. Um, and so, and I think you referenced that, yes, some are uh, friendly supporting the insurers, but clearly some are unfriendly um, looking to um, wedge their way into that customer relationship. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and, and I, but I think that the thinking is getting, it's getting beyond sort of the product mentality and, and getting, uh-huh. beyond, Hey, we're going to sell you. A, a policy that's a fixed term and a fixed premium and it's a piece of paper and sign here and I'll come collect a check in six months. And, you know, and I, and as a seller, I'm happy as an insurer, I'm not, I may not be as a customer, I may not be quite sure what I bought and I may not be quite sure. <laughs> you think? Right? Okay. And, right. you know, and, you know, even a few distributors have some of that, shit. but the, uh, the, the, you know, think about sort of IOT, think about, you know, travel insurance now being embedded 
you know, when mm-hmm. you buy an airline right. ticket, you're almost always forced now to choose whether you want to buy, you know, travel insurance from a, you know, a trusted partner. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I interviewed um, that in better yeah. <laughs> in this in this Absolutely, series. Absolutely, right. <laughs> but, but that's great, going great on business model. Get in the place. flow of the customer. Yeah. yeah, it is. But but you know, can you know? But that's a pretty bare bones experience if you think about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. you know that's pretty transactional. That one. It, it is, but uh-huh. but it's a start, and then yeah. you build from there. Um, you know, I was really struck. I I, I ran a roundtable um, with um, one of the big kind of press partners that uh, you know uh, do these things with uh, a number of insurance CEOs, and we were asking them sort of about this space. And you know, I I heard a quote that I thought was really you know insightful. It was, "Hey, Mark, we're not worrying about risk products anymore. I don't have a product team." We're worrying about risk experiences, mm. and, and it's uh, okay. Really what does that mean? About, All right, let's, let's take yeah. it beyond the poetry and and you get down it's, to the prose. What does it's that saying, mean? Sure, at some level, I'm going to sell you insurance coverage, collect a premium, and indemnify you against a, a risk. But I'm also going to advise you. I'm going to wrap that experience with conversation or advice or you know, analysis of your situation through maybe sensor data or mobile data or telematics data or health records or financial payments you know, streams analysis, you know, looking at your credit card bills, partnering <coughs> with a mentor of Betterment. But can I understand your, your life a little better? Can I understand your, you know, your employee's exposure a little better? Can I understand your health a little better? And then can I advise you on things that you can do to reduce your risk and not just sell you a policy and walk away? I think that's kind of the concept. And if you look at all of the data that's available and all of the AI tools that are out there and all of the sensors that are out there, you know, we have a, ton, we have a great opportunity to build completely new risk partnerships with our end insureds if we can unify all of those different technologies in a way that is constructive and trustworthy. So. Okay. Uh, I want to um, maybe dive into a, a little controversy here. Sure. Um, so years ago, some years ago, and I've uh, enough that I've sort of lost track, but it strikes me as well over five. Uh, I, I'm really quite certain it was the uh, consultancy EY um, delivered their global insurance report. And uh, one of the things that they rightfully bemoaned was the distance the gap between the insurer and the customer and the infrequency of uh, communications. In fact, as I recall, I think one of the stats was that 86% of the insured did not recall an interaction with their uh, provider in the last 18 months. Okay, so and so now their, their conclusion um, seemed to lean towards the, the broker just can't do it. Um, they, they, you know, they can, they sell the policy and, and perhaps with the exception of the sort of the more, uh, complex, um, uh, you know, middle market, uh, commercial lines and above, you know, I mean, uh, there's just, there's not a lot of resource for, you know, sort of the ongoing sort of, um, old school conversation. And so they were, uh, yeah, they were um, somewhat, uh, well, at least somewhat critical of the broker channel as really being step, you know, as being uh, um, having the uh, wherewithal to step up and, and make those relationships, uh, you know, deep and sticky and 
maybe sticky for the insurer. Um, I, I don't. What's your I point of view on that? that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that that's that proven all. to be true over time, and I don't know if well, there's a better model. But but here's at, why I'm asking. <laughs> when when yeah. you say, yeah, the, you know, look, insurers really do need. They're looking to be closer. Um, are they looking to be closer through the agency if they're in the agency channel? Are they looking to be closer are, uh, supplementing the agency if they're in the agency channel or competing? I think it's a blended model. And, and okay. I disagree with the idea that, that brokers or agents are going away anytime soon. And here's why. If I think about risk experiences, there's sort of two levels of experience. One is that almost micro product transaction. You said it yourself, right? It's pretty transactional if I buy, you know, if I'm just clicking the box on my, on my airline right. ticket saying, yeah, I want the, I want the coverage. Um, you know, those are inherently small, limited policies, small, limited coverage. And a lot of times probably not poorly, you know, or poorly thought out uh, and poorly understood coverage. And if you think about, you know, your typical buyer of insurance products, they're probably buying those products with some frequency. I mean, I can, you know, pet insurance, hole-in-one insurance, you know, cancer insurance, travel insurance. I mean, there's these models, and there, there are different models all over the world. But there's a ton of products that are being bundled in when you buy, you know, something from a, a large online retailer, when you buy a car, when you rent a car, uh-huh. when you, you know, buy a pet. When you're, 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 you've got some problems with your house, when you get a mortgage, right? All of these things are, are small products. And that's a constellation of coverage that's got inherently a ton of gaps, some overlaps, probably poorly understood risks that aren't being covered. And that's where the human has to sort of weigh in. Now, ideally, a human that can pull this data together quickly, understand those gaps, and AI and data play a role in those things. But where that sort of second top tier of coverage, the top coverage, it's, it's almost like the, you know, the Chubb masterpiece policy sort of thing, right? It's, it's the holistic backstop coverage and the true risk advice that says, okay, hey, Mark, you're tra- this happened to me, right? You're traveling overseas. Um, you know what? You're, you're, you think your home auto coverage covers you, but it doesn't. You mm-hmm. think your credit card travel coverage that you use to purchase the rental car with covers you, and it doesn't. You know, even even some of the rental yeah. car products may or may not cover you. And, oh, you know, you just banged up your car. I actually didn't bang up my car. The, the parking, you know, garage attendant banged up my car. But all of a sudden, I thought I had coverage. And instead, I had a big old liability and a lot of phone calls in Italian. And, you know, I, <laughs> you know, and I ended up paying. I ended up just I, I got so tired of arguing about it. I just pay, I just paid the bill. Even though I might have had coverage, I never did figure out yeah. if I actually had coverage or not because it was the process was so complex and so messed up. What I should have done is had an advisor who said, "Hey, I noticed from your emails, or I noticed from your Twitter feed, or I noticed from you know your your location that you're traveling overseas. Okay, you might want to think about medevac coverage. You might want to think about you know whole you know temporary policy you know that covers you in Europe for rental cars, right? You might want to think about you know." Um, you know, some kind of additional medical interpretation coverage. There's, there's lots of products that could have fit, but does the insurance company know that I'm doing that? Does the agency know that I'm doing that? Does the broker know that I'm doing that? You know, and, and if they don't, 
how do we build a relationship where we have access to that data and can intelligently advise you? That's kind ah, of the well. So some of and that, that's that, not all just shaking hands and having lunch at the club. It's right? not. That's that's actually you know having enough trust where we're sharing enough information between us that you can see those things coming and advise me. Right. That's the yeah. And and that's and there's a huge role for the broker, but it's not just having a relationship. It's understanding the risk, which is beyond just 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 you know saying hi to your kids and remembering the you know your and, and beyond just uh, selling the home and auto. Absolutely, and and it's interesting. Even some seasoned agents, right? I I, I bought a, a, a Maltese two years ago, right? A little 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 dog. I can't yeah. stand a thing, but my kids wanted one, so <laughs> right. Okay. And and I started looking for pet yeah, insurance. We're, we're, you are being recorded right now. You realize? I know that. that's fine. They know. Okay. They, they perfectly know. I started looking for pet insurance, yeah. And because I said, hey, I don't want to be the one who's responsible for pulling the plug on poor Ollie if he, you know, has some terrible disease later on. I want the insurance company to be that guy. Okay, so I go look for pet insurance products, and lo and behold. My carrier who covers me at home does, in fact, offer pet insurance, except I called up my agent and he said, ah, Mark, you know, I haven't gotten around to taking that training. You know, premium's pretty small. And Ouch. You know, I yeah, okay. I haven't gotten well, to pre- it yet. Yeah, the, the, you know, the you commission. You should go somewhere else. Right, I, I right. Fair enough. Right? Okay. He, he was up front. He's like, you should go. You probably should go somewhere else. I don't I can't cover you on this one. And and so I went to another insurance company who I now have a relationship with, despite uh-huh. having carried my home carrier yeah. for almost 30 years. And, you know, and that, that's a lost opportunity, but if you, if, if the data were connected, if we had the, you know, the right level of, of, you know, conversation and the right level of data interaction, that's a, that's a great opportunity to help me manage my risk and build a relationship and build trust. All right. So, uh, let, let's, um, dial this forward to some unknown period in time, but not, you know, not Futurama, just, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you see the broker agency role actually being. So, you know, I suppose in the ideal world, uh, one could argue that they'd have access to a tremendous amount of data about their existing customers. But, you know, the data they have is valuable, but limited. Right. I mean, they're going to, you know, it's in the agency management system, but if the agency management system isn't telling you that they're about to travel to Europe or it really doesn't tell you anything about them other than what's in the agency management system, what policies do they have? So uh, so that that's question one is um, other than in the. A sort of the nature of relationship itself. Well, how do you see this data becoming available, or how, you know, how do you see them? Yeah, getting, that's a that's a that's a closer? great question, right? Um, and and I think some of that is going to be a bit of um, experience, guesswork, and predictive algorithms, right? Can you take okay. the data you do have? One, be on the lookout for partners that are willing to to work with you and sort of share those share that data. Right. If, 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 if you can represent one of the pet insurers, if you can represent one of the whole in one insurers, if you can have, you know, that interaction or that referral relationship, you know, mm-hmm. that data is valuable regardless of the policy value. Right. Return yeah. on information is, is, is just as important as return on investment. And if Got you, it. you know, so, so I think look for those sorts of opportunities, but I think it's also figuring out how to use AI tools, how to use, you know, some of the things that marketers use 
um, you know, the old customer relationship management space. Can I predict based on what I do know about the customer, what are the apps they're likely to come across? What are the risk situations they're likely to enter? Right. You, if you mm -hmm. know me, you know, I've got, you know, two preteen kids at home and you know that I'm, you know, a, you know, high travel, you know, technology executive, you know, who's very likely to go take those kids overseas, who's very likely yeah. to need some, you know, coverage X, Y, and Z. And I, I, and, and, and you as an agent or a broker may not know I have that or don't have that, but what you may be able to do is take the data you've got and, and use some predictive tools. And, you know, there's lots of marketing mm -hmm. tech and future tech firms out there starting to do this. Um, and use that to inform that second level conversation. I talked about that holistic conversation, that backstop conversation and say, right. okay, I know you think you're covered because you checked that box or, you know, you bought this insurance. Um, you know, even, even look at COVID, right? So many people were surprised and that would, that came up very fast, right? And it's, mm -hmm. and it's tough for people to keep, you know, keep up with that speed of development, but lots of people thought they had coverage, you know, when COVID canceled X, Y, or Z and you know, they kind of didn't. And, and yeah. being able to say, okay, pandemic, what are the things I need to go out and proactively advise my customers, which ones are in small businesses where they care about small business interruption insurance. And, and they probably think they have coverage and they don't, um, you know, how do you sort of take the data you do have, apply AI, apply analytics, gather as much data as you can through trusted partners and build that sort of knowledge because that, that's that, that holistic conversation is where the human is going to add an immense amount of value and AI may help them, but it's mm -hmm. not going to replace them. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think you're, you are um, perhaps painting the picture of an agency that really um, embraces and uses technologies um, and, and is probably, um, you know, in, constantly scanning the insure tech environment for, you know, who can help me, who can get closer, who's, who's got the AI tool that'll help me, um, uh, pull value out yeah. of this data. I, right? I think, th I think that's, that's nearer than it sounds though. Right. Okay. If you look across all the insure tech world, sure. There's you know, a couple thousand of them out there and there's more of them getting invented all the time. <laughs> and and right. that's even before I get into marketing or other AI tools. Um, but usually you've got a demographic. You've got a geographic preference. You've got a you know age or, or life life stage preference. You've got a you know a set of commercial customers that you you know you work with a lot, and and the companies that are relevant to that particular market space are, are it's it's going to be a little bit shorter list. And and I think um, you know I think back to um, I, had a, I had a long talk with um, some of the CIOs of the, of the various farm bureaus, and they're all uh -huh. trying to figure out hey you know, what partnerships should I be looking to form? You know, what data should I be looking to gather? And I said, look, you know, you're not going to compete, you know, with the progressives and the all states of the world who can cut a deal with, with Ford or GM, right? But what you can do is say, I've got a local market and I have local affinity providers that would make sense for me to work with in that market. Can I, can I work a deal with a local you know, smoothie chain with the local electric company, with a local university or a local football team, right? Can I, can I work a deal where, you know, we trade information and, you know, I provide some service to those, you know, affinity service to those customers. There's tons of opportunities there that are localized and specialized. And, and you know, I think 
finding two or three of those can give yeah. you a leg up on the competition. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. You know. Yeah. So and you not, need to be technology aware. You don't need to be a technology guru, right? I, okay. I, I, no, 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 it's, certainly it's, not. Access to the data but so. yeah, te- you, uh, being tech, where, tech aware and tech forward, um, it, it would seem that, that not to do so would be a, a potential impediment to growth. And, and a, well, and, and on that point, when I look at which carriers I work with, when I look at which ah. you know, insurers and reinsurers to work with, which ones are which ones give me a strong data position is just as important if not more important than which ones give me, you know, a higher, um, you know, commissioner. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Right? Let's, uh, that, that let's... Data, that data, that data access, you know, is incumbent on those insurance companies to provide as well. Okay. Let's spend a moment on that. So yeah, we've, we've talked about uh, the um, changing relationship between the industry and the customer. And we've talked a little bit about the changing role of the agency. Um, the, the, carrier world is also changing. And obviously, that's very, very important to the broker community. Uh, how do you see that um, sort of sorting itself out? How, how is the, ins- the insurance company world going to change? Uh, and what does that mean to the agent? How do they have what, what impact will have that have on them? How do they select which companies are best suited for them? I think insurers are looking to obviously automate some of the the, the, the simpler processes and, and and make things more efficient on their end. And I think that can be perceived as a threat um, you know to dis- distribution channels. The thing is though, I, I, it, I, I really think about it's it's very similar to the travel um, industry and what they went through and the Expedias and the, the travelocity showed up. Right. Uh-huh. You had a whole bunch of, of travel agencies that weren't really providing a lot of specialized service. They were basically just helping you book an airline ticket. And that was their bread and butter. And, and those agencies were under severe pressure. Most of them are gone. Most right. are but the gone. agencies yeah. that were true full service and were able to have the conversation with the customer and say, OK, you're on you're you're, you're trying to book a honeymoon to the South Pacific. All right. Now I now now I know eighteen things that your your airline's never going to tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know which right. you know I I can give you highly customized advice. And by the way, I'm going to charge you five hundred dollars for that. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, you know, and I can tell you from personal experience, I signed that without a second thought because I said, oh, you know what, they're going to add enough value. And and honestly, they ended up probably saving me more than five hundred dollars because they had some deals, you know, access to deals that I didn't have. I think I think insurance distribution is going to have to think that way. How do I take these, these, you know, the cookie cutter stuff and assemble that into a risk experience that really is true partnership with the customer and helps them, you know, customers don't think, geez, I've got to buy life insurance. They don't think, geez, I've got to, you know, figure out a, you know, how, how to save money. They're saying, how do I pay my kid's tuition? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when, when, when my dad is, you know, in the hospital and I've got to go down there and it's going to impact my work, right? How do I cover all these things, right? They, they, if, if you can make that translation and say, okay, and here's the three products you can assemble that are, that are by themselves small, but collectively will solve your risk problem. I think that's uh-huh. the sweet spot, right? For, for distribution. And, and again, AI, I think is a great augmentation technology. It is not a replacement technology. AI is a long ways from being smart enough to make, to provide that kind of advice, but it is, it is good enough to help you sort of predict where, where the right conversations might be. 
and and figure out which which customers are socially motivated, which customers are price motivated, which customers are feature mm-hmm. motivated, which customers are brand yeah. motivated, and help you have the conversation in a way that fits the you know the person you're talking to on the other end of the line. And and oh. and there, I think there's a ton of potential. Got it. Uh, you, you're uh, in your um, content. Uh, IBM had mentioned that Alliance created a chatbot that can handle eighty percent of their most frequent call center requests. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that it would seem would be an example where presumably it's been successful. I mean, no doubt that saved money. No, right. I mean, no doubt it saved money. Um, is, is there a, enough evidence to show what that did sort of to the nature of the relationship Did it? It can, it changes it. Yeah. Um, some things better, some things worse, same as anything, right? And right. Keep in some, mind too, some better, some worse. I mean, that- all as a consumer, yeah, as a consumer, sometimes I love it when I get a robot and I don't have to go mm-hmm. through, right? I mean, just because they tend to be quite efficient and very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that's the key, right? Where yeah. do humans add value? Right. Humans are not adding a ton of value when you're calling up to, to change a deductible. I buy a hundred bucks or changing, you know, reporting a change of address. Right. Humans add value when my teen driver just got his driver's license. <laughs> I now yeah. have to figure out the right way to cover that. Um, and, and so it's think I, I think of it as as the automation can free up the simple stuff and and help you concentrate on the high values stuff. And that's just as true, by the way, for for broker and agent servicing. So, so when you, right. you you can think about this as how does the insurer insurer interact with the end insured and and maybe you know this it feels like they might disintermediate me from having some of those conversations if they're you know, mm-hmm. if they're they're automating that channel good enough, right? But the flip side of that is you know when I'm trying to get a question answered when I'm trying to get service from from the you know from the carrier. <laughs> You know, yeah. those tools yeah. are helping me be more efficient and, and not waste my time on stuff that is form filling or, you know, low value add and, and help yeah. me increase the time I'm spending talking to customers about risk. And and I think that, you know, that same kind of thinking, and, you know, I kind of come back to it's one thing if the if the insurer has automated the conversation to the point where you can't see it. But if they're automating the conversation and sharing the information with you, you know, a, a good carrier will say, Hey, we noticed somebody, you, you know, one of our insureds was poking around looking for pet insurance on our website, you know, might want to ah. call them up and ask them about the dog. Right. You know, you want the carrier partners that are doing those sorts of things. And, uh-huh. you know, um, and, and, you know, if, if you can identify those opportunities for partnership, you can, you know, that's, you know, that can, that can be, you know, a, a way to, to sort of get the, the AI and the data and the automation, in sync with the human and the relationship and the interpretation and the advice, because, because without that advice, if, if, if it's all just automation and AI and data, you, we don't have any advantage over the Amazons and the Googles of the world. They're eventually, and I've, you know, we've seen it in other markets where, you know, those, those aggregation platforms, those, those, you know, those e-commerce platforms, you know, they can disintermediate the industry as a whole a great deal. Both and, yeah. and, and both the distributors and the carriers are something. Well, we've seen that, so, yeah, in in other yeah. countries, we we, yep. we have seen, uh, yeah, those aggregators here uh, are, are have have taken a significant swipe at disintermediation. Yep. But 
not here so much. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I want to circle back on one more thing. Um, you, you've talked about risk, the risk experience and risk prevention, not just selling a policy. Um, and, you know, we're now in a world where there are a lot of tools that can prevent risk, uh, you know, pieces of physical hardware, for example, that can tell you when something is wrong or something at risk or something that's insecure. Um, do you see the, uh, the, the agent um, being um, more and more obligated to be a risk advisor, not uh, just a policy I, risk advisor and risk recommender. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell okay. you a story yeah. I, I, I tell, you know, with some frequency. Um, you know, I, as I said, I've been with my home insurance carrier for quite some time. And I got a letter out of the blue in February of last year, I think it was, um, saying, hey, um, we noticed your paint is peeling on your house. I would guess a drone fly by. They didn't state that, but you know, that's, it was some kind of, I, I, I'm sorry, this was who, who, who did you uh, get it from? This is a letter from my carrier. Your carrier. Okay. Saying, Hey, we noticed your paint was peeling on your house. You have 30 days to paint your house. We're canceling your policy. Seriously. That's the letter I got in February in Chicago, by the way, which yeah, right. is not, <laughs> yeah, not I've been there really before. a lot of house painters, you know, kind of, kind of working at that time. Right. Think about the opportunity <laughs> that the carrier and the distributor working together can solve, which is I don't have the first clue who, you know, I, I'm a, I, 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 I've been in this community like six or seven years, but I haven't had anything painted. So I have no idea, you know, like, you know, who the right painters are, whether they're any good or not, yeah. whether they're charging me three times as much as they mm. should be. Mm. Right. But I could get advice that would be really helpful. And, and if you really wanted that interaction to go right, you'd say, Hey, look, you know, I, you know, the, the insurance entity, the combined combination of broker and insured yeah. broker and carrier, there's an opportunity, not only to give me good advice that'll make me feel better about the relationship, but there's probably money to be made there too. Cause you absolutely now, and this is a this is a complex regulatory space, right? I I I I, I right, know right. that some okay. regulators will take issue with some of this, um, but you could refer me to particular painters and even give me a disc, you know, give me a bit of a discount for using their services, mm-hmm. and you know, you could collect some kind of referral fee on the back end, and everybody is better off. Now, I I've had some regulators say that steering mark can't do that. Right. I've had other regulators say we absolutely need that kind of innovation in the industry. Yeah, Where do we right, start? Right. right. So 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 I don't I, I don't want to you know, this is an example of what it means to move from a product sales and claim mm-hmm. servicing mode to a risk experience. mode Because, yeah. you know, a huge opportunity is missed there to, you know, and, and I, I eventually went and shopped the home policy as a result. Aha. Well, yeah, well, that's an unusual letter. I I'm, I would love to know how they actually found out that your paint was peeling. Well, they worked with, they worked with an insure tech, I'm sure that specializes in this stuff. You yeah. go to ITC, you'll find several firms that, that specialize in, in, you know, uh, either satellite. Okay, or we'll, see him. Driven, we'll see them next know, October. You know, probably. An, an analysis. So, um, you know, but those are the things. So, so, you know, so it resulted in the loss of a customer. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, stay tuned, but stay you know, tuned. But okay. I, but, but it sure, it sure as heck lowered my, um, my, you know, whatever net promoter score, uh, 
equivalent you want to use. Oh, there you go. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's an opportunity. Might not refer them to a friend or a colleague. Okay. Right. But, but again, Uh, you know, had, did, was that information shared with my agent? Uh, the answer, by the way, was no, because I called him up and he goes, oh, what, what's that? <laughs> and, and finding partners that will not do that is probably a good thing. I probably so, mumbled a few words after he hung off the phone. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. All right. So. Well, Mark, I have really one last summary question. If you were going to sort of issue an exhortation to the leaders of the agency community um, yeah, to help them... Uh, To pay attention to what matters most, uh, to prepare for um, this new future, what would you say? Data has value. The ability to analyze that data to to provide a better risk experience has value. Um, And finding partners that can help you on that journey has value. Um, I have talked with a a few different sort of agency organizations and and initiatives over the years, and I know Uh they... Um, there is a thought around how do we unify our data for better good? And there's some, you know, some sort of, out, um, you know, uh, public um, uh, source initiatives like AAS that are out there too. Um, you know, I think not being afraid of that conversation and recognizing it's going to take some time and, and some, uh, maybe a little bit of technology. And I, I don't think you need, you know, armies of consultants to, to build you a giant data right. center or anything. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, figuring out how to at least get started with, okay, is there a new partnership where I can learn some more information about my customer base or build a new, you know, even maybe just refer my customer base into something that I don't sell, but, but gives me a data view that I would not have otherwise had and use that to provide a better risk experience. I think that's where the future is going to, I think that's How can I learn more about my customer? Right. Yep. And AI yeah. return on information has just as much value as a, a commission or a return on investment. And, and, and I think as if you think about it that way, it, it opens up some ideas. Return on information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, yeah. Mark, uh, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And uh, so if I, I know the, the average agent is not going to, you know, engage IBM. Okay. But you're, you're constantly um, publishing content. Uh, if our listeners want to find out more, whether you they're know, agents I, I, or I, whoever they are. Uh, yeah, that's how- a great reminder, and it gives me an opportunity for one plug. Um, okay. So we have something called plug the Institute, Institute for Business Value. Um, it is our think tank internally at, uh, at IBM, and we do research on many industries. Insurance is one of them. Um, there's a great study that digs into this in more detail called Becoming a Risk Concierge, and it's available on IBM.com's website. And it would be, I think, relevant reading for um, everybody in our industry, including, of course, your audience, right? I, I, uh-huh. I, it it uh-huh. talks about how data and insurtech and carriers and distributors are all figuring out how to come together to truly provide this new risk experience. And it, and it does so with a ton of data from multiple countries. It's, it's pretty insightful. It's one of the better pieces. Got it. All right. So that's on your site. Um, becoming a risk concierge. Yeah. Very good. Written by me, All right. by the way. So and I was what? one of the co-authors oh, written, okay. written by me as well. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own a little bit, but now my co-authors did most of the work. I, yeah, I just tried to All right. conceptualize a bit. So. Okay. Um, as always, Mark, A pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a great conversation, Michael. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. 
If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.